0: Well, it's a, it's a real joy to introduce my dear brother to you. You met him briefly, those of you that were here a few years ago when he just was kind of breezing through town and shared briefly on a Sunday morning. But now we have the opportunity to spend a few days with him. Uh, and if, you're, if, if you've been around Crosspoint for a while, you know how dear this family and this ministry and this church is to us. For four years now, we have been in a partnership with King Jesus Church and the Busega school for the deaf which is a ministry of King Jesus Church in Busega Uganda Busega is basically a, a suburb of Kampala which is the the major city there the capital city in Uganda which is right in the heart of Africa and by God's providence he put us together through the ministry of Lifeline in Birmingham and we have been in partnership and going and just receiving and 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 loving this family and this church and they're with us now for a few days and so I want to invite my dear brother Raphael Kajubi to come and share with you. He's going to share about uh, their ministry in Uganda, and then when he's done, then uh, his wife Alan, who is here with us tonight as well, the three of us will get up on stage and we'll take some time to have you ask some questions, and then we we'll want to pray for them. So, give a warm welcome to my dear brother, Pastor Raphael Kajubi.
1: Um, uh, it's always, I hope everyone can hear, a deep, deep joy for for us. Cross Point is no longer a church that only belongs to you. We feel in Busegat that Cross Point is also our church. So uh, being here is genuinely like being. It it would be the same thing like I am in Busegat, at King Jesus Church. We take this church. Just like you pray for us, we pray for this church regularly. And so that you know, most of the things the last four years, most of the things that are going on in Busega, whatever goes on in this church in terms of uh, giving, praying, and supporting, the Lord has used it tremendously to keep that work going in Busega. I wish all the deaf children could be here. I wish the King Jesus Church could be here. But I hope you can hear it from the bottom of my heart. Please, a big, big thank you. And um, I'm, I'm thankful. my wife is all of us are thankful for this church. The, for whatever you're going to hear, this was the, these scriptures guided deeply. What led us to do what we? What is going on in Busega? One is in Matthew 22.. <clears throat> Uh, that's about eight, ten years ago. My wife and I, we could open the Bible in our small house and we would put these uh, scriptures before us. And uh, our question was always this one and the same. How can these scriptures be true in a setting like in Busega? Almost like every day. And we would we would wail before the Lord would cry over some of the realities that I'm about to share with you. So Matthew 28, and from verse 34, it, it always, uh, we would lay it on the table, eat. We had two children at that time, uh, Charity and, and, and Tabitha, but we would put them on the table and pro- literally cry out to the Lord. So Matthew 22, 34, but when the heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, depend all the law and all the prophets we would look at this scripture and then look at uh, matthew 28 to this day even when we had that building which many of you from here have come to which was a dirty hall that used to, to show movies um like the podium, you remember that podium of King Jesus? That, that picture you, you always pray for me about. I would be preaching here on that podium. And then the strippers were, would, would be meeting right behind the podium. And right behind the rooms of the strippers, the bar, guys would be drinking <laughs> alcohol. And, uh, and so this uh, Ma- Matthew 28 was, was like food for us. We we wrote these scriptures on that that theater. We would scrub them and write them, and we, we desire to see how they can come true. Matthew twenty-eight and verse sixteen. So everything you so you know everything that is going on in Busega is um, as a result of uh, continuously seeking God. How can we truly obey these scriptures? So Matthew twenty-eight. From verse 16, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority, not some authority, (laughs) all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, including the strippers, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So these two scriptures we knew deeply. Number one, that we had, first of all, Mama Allen and me, we had to deeply love God wholeheartedly. There's no way a work like in Busega can happen unless you deeply, deeply love God. We knew we had to love people. Some are different, but we had to love people deeply and wholeheartedly. Three, we knew we had to give witness to the true gospel. Because, uh, I don't know how it is here, but in Busega, there are a couple of differences in the kind of gospel that is being preached. Uh, all kinds of things, prosperity. People call call them Gospels, but these are not Gospels. There's only one Gospel, like Paul said. And it has to be the Gospel of of, uh, a man who lived a life you and me can't live, died the death you and me deserve to redeem us, to be here gathered in a room like this one and uh, call ourselves worshippers. So I knew that 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 had to be the Gospel that had to be preached. We are to make genuine disciples. There's a huge difference for us in Busega. We know from day one that there's a huge difference between maybe being a member or coming to King Jesus Church and being a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a huge difference between uh, making converts of Kajubi and uh, making men and women that are laying down their life for the cause of the gospel. And then we had to equip people to serve. Now, let me bring, uh, I, I thought I, since I have this opportunity, today is not preaching, I, I know Pastor Brad, when he comes there, Springer and the team from here, they come and bring solid gospel. So I don't want to get into details of teaching. Brad is my teacher. <laughs> so I just wanted to use this time to, to, to lay foundation. That's where we are coming from. This is who we are, what I've just shared with us. But the context of Bosega ten years ago i had been with a brother of mine my brother and i had planted a church in a good neighborhood in kampala i was a young man at that time i was ordained to be a pastor in 1998 i was just entering the university and we we, we preached i have always loved to see kampala and our communities discipled. my brother actually left me uh, to continue pastoring that church and came to dallas theological seminary to pursue more studies. I don't know what happened in a good way. He, while at Dallas Theological Seminary, I think he ended up connecting with some televangelists from here. Comes back and he's like, we have to save Africa, and I always wanted to do that. <laughs> well, we, we, we need to take the, to, we need to, t- to, to, let's get from here only, and let's, let's spread. Before long, I began to see like a hundred Americans coming from here, and then we would stage crusades. Massive crusades in all different cities of Africa. Then we would preach. On one event, like on a weekend, we could blow up to maybe 100,000 US dollars. And then we would take pictures of big, big events and big crusades. And then write reports. We saved a whole city of Kampala. We saved a whole city of Goma. After doing that for like 10 years, have you ever felt delusioned in your life? like how you would come to yourself and ask, but who are we doing this for? Why are we doing this in the first place? I remember in Kampala, everyone was screaming, oh, you guys have, uh, have hit the peak of your life. You guys are, are doing awesome work. I turned to Mama Allen and I said, Allen, I, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm feeling so empty. After doing this for like 10 years, why on earth would someone do this? I I would go to some cities where we said we saved the whole city. You go back and the place is even worse than when you first went there. And uh, it was around that time, uh, I I, I had an opportunity to go to, to, uh, there was a deep desire in my heart uh, in the church of my my brother and, and all of us, and we were saying, let's go and plant another church in Dubai. And they asked me to, to be the one to go and plant it. So I went and lived in Dubai for about three months. God used that time uh, tremendously to, to, one, to help me understand what Islam is all about. To see their intensity, to see them, the money they make, and their intentionality to, to, to literally take over this, our, our known world. So I, after those three months, I go back to Kampala. When I went back to Kampala, an announcement hits our news. That King Fahad Foundation, one of the leading foundations that, that go into impoverished communities, was coming to Kampala. And the place they were going to plant their foundation was going to be in Busega. Now Busega is a very, for the people that have been here, I always, one of the things I do when the teams come from Crosspoint here, I, I, I always want us to walk around and see the reality of how people live. Terrible, terrible levels of poverty that I cannot even describe in this room. And so when this news hit that King Fahad Foundation was going to plant themselves in Busega, I remember turning to Mama Allen at that time and I'm like, please, I know you've always followed my, my heart, you've always supported me, but if you could only support me this once, I want us to plant ourselves right next to King Fahad for the rest of our life. And... Uh, I remember, Allen. we had two, two, two little children at that time. Allen is like, I, I, this is the weirdest thing. I, I, let, we, we need to hear God again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, long story short, Allen later on turns to me and says, if, if it is God, let's go. That's how we started King Jesus Church. On starting King Jesus Church, I knew if King Jesus Ch- King Fahad Foundation have planted themselves here. I knew we needed to plant ourselves right next to them, Uh, and uh, we started. It was uh, around that time I'm leading to then how do we connect with Crosspoint and how this relationship has uh, tremendously been a great encouragement. It was around that time that a friend of mine, uh, Kim and their family, the Christian Berries, write to me and say, the president of Lifeline, Hubbard, Habi Noel, is coming to Kampala. If you create time, meet him. I meet Habi. I thought he was one of uh, the former Americans my brother and I had worked with. I didn't want to disappoint Kim, but I said I will go and meet this American. In my mind, the America I knew at that time was uh, that kind of America. I don't want to go there. So I got to meet Habi, but very well guarded. Have you ever been guarded before you met someone? I was guarded. So I went, we we talked. The first question Habi asked me, which made me lose my guards, he said, Pastor Raphael, what is on the heart of King Jesus Church that for us as lifeline, we can come behind? And in my mind, Farm, I'm, I'm thinking, hey, not f- uh, pastor. <laughs> I forget your, your pastor, I call him farm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. But in my mind, I'm going, is this happy guy an American? Or he borrowed a passport or something? And what was, was on our heart at that time? As King Jesus Church, we had these deaf children. I don't know whether you know the difference between, there's a huge difference between Jesus Christ and Allah. For example, Allah, if you are broken, you are handicapped, you have any kind of disability, Allah has not not much to do with you. But our King, Jesus Christ, if you're broken, life has hit you to the end of yourself, you're the least of these. Jesus picks those to display his love and his glory. Amen. So for us, these deaf kids that, look, that were treated in our community as animals, as the worst of these, actually in our language, they are called the kasirus, which means useless Less than rugs. I turn to Haby and I'm like, up, up. if Lifeline wants to come alongside King Jesus Church, I know maybe one or two, three kids that are treated as animals. Those would be the ones for us to come alongside because we want to reach our community deeply. Yeah, long story short, the guy comes. I was able to go with him house to house among where all these kids stay. I don't want to go into the details of how these kids looked like at that time. Some of them looked worse than, you. actually, your dogs uh, look like babies back home. I mean, your dog, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they looked horrible. You... And um, anyway, the story is too long, but that is how, in that process, there's no commitment, Lifeline can't make a commitment because they they also, they're a parachurch and I think they were limited on finances. They're like, maybe we'll come alongside you for one year, do, do whatever you can do with these children. Ladies and gentlemen, after one year, Jesus showed himself still the savior and the redeemer of the list of these. Those We thought we were going to reach to these children. These children ended up affecting that entire church of King Jesus Church. Many people who thought you're taking up curses, your marriages are going to end, the church is going to end, ended up coming to see what the church is doing with these useless things. And they would find us teaching and preaching this glorious gospel that Jesus Christ is the savior of us all. All of us would be, we are wretched sinners without his saving grace. Many, 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 like I cannot tell, many ended up settling down One kid would bring another friend. One kid would bring another family. The other one would bring another sister. And as we speak right now, the pictures you've seen of King Jesus Church, that church has tremendously penetrated that community, not necessarily because of me, Pastor Raphael, but because of broken people that Christ Jesus has touched himself. And some of those have been the deaf kids. It is along those lines that In the process, when we were praying, crying to the Lord, Lord, how can this work be sustained? How can King Jesus continue to reach out to these children? Little did we know that the youth group of this church was also praying over which work to come alongside, not necessarily out of, 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 of this country, but for the cause of the gospel to spread. And anyway, I don't want to go into that. I'm thankful the youth chose Uganda. And the place they chose, they chose King Jesus Church. I was very, very, very hesitant as a pastor. Even after working with Lifeline for some time, I was very, very hesitant about a church still. I thought the church from here will bring its people and its people will come to Busega. and uh, they want us to, they are putting pressure on me to create scenarios or environment for them that I can't afford to put together. The first group Pastor Springer led to Busega, ladies and gentlemen. I was very, 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 very humbled. In my mind, I couldn't believe that these were children who live here in the United States. The group that came stayed in my house, right at, uh, right, be- in my house. The boys would go, out, go outside and they would shower in our bathroom. Then they would eat on the same food. The first question, I, the last time I came here at Cross Point, actually I stood here and I said, I, I, I can't believe that all these children are coming from a church like this one. I'm here to genuinely thank each one of you. Number one, the lessons I've learned about Cross Point Church and the teams that come from here. And thank you for emulating the scriptures and uh, believing in the gospel. I really believe our world is in desperate search for men and women whom Christ Jesus has done a work in them. And they are not after creating any impression before anyone, but they are after manifesting this glorious, the work of this glorious gospel in their own life. That's what I've seen Crosspoint has done. Ladies and gentlemen, as a result of uh, what we've uh, been able to do together, as we speak to that King Jesus Church right now, the last time I was uh, uh, at Lifeline, I was telling them, please, if we can, I wish we can uh, be able to find a property because the former property was a rented property. I kept driving and saying, I wish we can have a property and settle right in this Busega community. As we speak to the ladies and gentlemen, that property, because of your generous giving, that property is settled in Busega. The church has a permanent place where we are meeting from. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. But the few things I've seen, I've seen simplicity from this church. Up to this day, I'm persuaded if the gospel is going to be preached, it has to be preached by men and women that preach it simply. Simply doesn't mean weakness. But simply, uh, if God has been good to you, may, may it be a work that brings us to humility. I've appreciated the great humility the girls, the boys, the men and women from this church has displayed in our community in Sega. I, I, I was telling Pastor Brad when we were driving from Birmingham, and I was telling him, Pastor Brad, you probably, I don't, I don't want to pump you up. Uh, I, I, because he's a genuinely humble man. I, I was like, I don't want to pump you up. But the pastors, for example, the pastors that our church and uh, the work uh, of, uh, of, of of training and equipping pastors that we do, if you hear what the pastors say, in Busega, I was selling Brad, They they call him our friend, Pastor Brad. When I was working with the other Americans that I was talking about, man, you you those who don't even have a church, which has about thirty people. I mean, they w- we would have a headache. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling the truth. That we would have headache. I mean, the guys come. Pastor, can you find a pajero forerunner for us? Um, Find a specific hotel for us? Um, Please find the best video cameras for us? I mean, we would preach the gospel, but under heavy complexion. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) by the time you finish, they are having headache, you're having headache. These the Springer will come. Uh, these Jacobs will come. Except they will they will torment our chickens, you know. <laughs> but we, but by the time we finish, it's done. Simply but effective. Very very impactful. I I I look at Busega and what this 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 this, this Church has done. In fact, like at Lifeline right now, maybe Pastor Brad will not want to say it. At Lifeline right now, whatever is going on between King Jesus Church and Cross Point Church, they are saying it should become the model of how partnership between churches should be done. Looking at yesterday at that large, very large banquet, people were asking Pastor Brad, what's the secret of how you guys do it? I didn't believe the secret is nothing, but the secret is choosing simplicity over complexion. Number two, I didn't really believe what I've seen with what goes on here. Let me finish with this too quickly. I didn't really believe if the gospel is to be preached, it has to be preached genuinely. It does. It, you know, I think our generation pumps up things. Even things that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the things that I've seen that doesn't need pumping or adding to it is, this, is the gospel. It is, Jesus is genuine enough. Don't, don't try to add to him things. He, he, he doesn't need addition. He doesn't need subtraction. He's real. He, he has to be preached for who he truly is. And um, I, I like how sometimes Brad says it. We shouldn't give anybody a false, a false hope just because you come to, to church here. Everybody needs to come genuinely. If you're a sinner, you need to break down and, and, and repent and seek his forgiveness, reconcile with him. I've seen that that thing, some people may not feel good about it, but church is not about feelings. Church is about deep conviction. And I've seen that once it is preached genuinely, men who think highly of themselves, quite often they are convicted and they come to the right place. And those that think of themselves as nothing, they are lifted to come to the right place. The cross is what settles us all together. Amen. The other thing I've, I've learned as a pastor, and I can never give it up, simplicity, gen, 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 the, the, genuine, and uh, the last thing that I've, I've learned from this church, and I can't trade it for anything, and I pray that it, it, it can keep going for a long haul. I've seen that, once the gospel is preached authentically by humble men that are real, I mean, they, they themselves are not trying to put themselves above God, that God remains the real God, the sovereign God. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've, I've enjoyed Pastor Brad Springer and all of you here at, uh, at, 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 uh, at Crosspoint. Please thank you. I pray that whatever has happened in Sega will spread on and on and on and on, for as long as the Lord keeps us alive and breathing. Thank you, Pastor Brad. Thank you. Thank you, church.
0: Well, I'm gonna ask Pastor and Mama Allen to come up and have a seat. And guys, I'm gonna use this microphone and give, give the microphone I'm holding to So, we've heard from Pastor Rafael. I'd like Mama Allen. If we have a picture, did we share the picture earlier of their family? If you could put that up, Mama Allen. I want you to greet the folks, and maybe you can just tell us the girls' names and ages and, and just uh, uh, just your life there in Busega as a pastor's wife. Just just tell us who the girls are and, and greet the folks.
2: Uh, good evening, everyone. Yes, yeah, I'm called Allen. I'm uh, Rafael's wife. We have four girls, uh, Charity, Tabitha, Delight, and Delight is actually here with the kids, and then Scylla. Um, I'm happy that I'm a pastor's wife, and um, I work big time with the women. And so so whenever the Crosspoint team comes down there, I usually work with the girls. Um, Allen, Caroline, uh, Brooks, and actually the rest of the girls. And, um, and one thing I actually want to appreciate and you know thank the mothers and the fathers that are here. Thank you so much for always trusting us with your children Amen. down there. Uh, when they come, like Pastor Rafael was sharing, you know, they really bless us. Amen. Um, I want to give an example of um you know what what usually I do with the ladies. Um, there is um I think should I share another story? Yeah, there's this one specific school. it's a Muslim school and um, the director of the school is a staunch Muslim man. So one time, he calls my husband and he's like, hi, Raphael, can I please meet you and we talk? And Pastor is like, talking. You know, the man is called Yassin, and he's, I mean, like a staunch, staunch Muslim man. So they meet and he's like, I like what you do with the deaf children, but I don't like the fact that you work with Americans. I don't like it, and then he's like, and um, I also don't like, the, you know, I don't, I don't like the way you, you know, you talk about Jesus, you know, the whole village, because Muslims don't believe Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. But I like what you guys do with the deaf children, and so, and so, and so, and so, you know, and so Raphael's like, Raphael's like, you know what? Um, no, so, so this gentleman is like, I have a deaf child, um, my sister's daughter, you know, like his niece, you know, she's deaf. Um, I really want to bring him to bring her to your school, but I don't like the fact that you work with Americans. And so Rafa is like, okay, okay, um, you know the school is open. Bring your bring your daughter, but one condition that we give you is, um, we want to let your daughter know that Jesus loves her, and uh, we will want we are interested in having one member of your family come to the church. If you do that, then we'll let your kid come. And so this guy is like. I think it's fine. Let my child come. So long story short, uh, the kid is called Kisache. Kisache joins up the church, the deaf school. And then the condition is on Sunday, you have to come to church. And so Kisache joins the church. And then before we knew it, the mom had to come because uh, what we do, like this deaf kid, every Sunday will have to come with someone, at least a mother or a dad, you know, however much you may be a Muslim. And so Kisache's mother joins King Jesus' church. And so along the way, the woman is convicted. Before we knew it, she gives her life to Christ. No. And Kisache gives her life to Christ. And so the relationship with, that, with this Muslim man and the school didn't stop there. Uh, so as time went on, as um, the cross-point team teams, the cross point teams kept coming, um, I thought about us doing a cookout. So what I requested, the gentleman, I called him and I'm like, um, I'm requesting you give me 25 girls. Um, friends have come over, the Americans, they want to teach us the American dishes so that we can also teach them the Ugandan dishes. So he welcomed the idea. And so the first time that the cross-point team cooked with these guys, uh, this gentleman, wasn't. I mean I like released release the girls yes but he wasn't happy, you know, kind of. He was like, well well, okay, okay, okay. And so and these girls, I didn't disclose these girls were going to interact with Americans but I said friends. And so the moment they looked at the team, you know, they you know they were they were a bit inquisitive and they're thinking where are they coming from? So they asked me uh, where are these kid where where are these uh, these ladies coming from and I'm like they are coming from the US and they're like what and so they they expected the americans maybe to strangle them or eat them you know <laughs> 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 yeah and uh, because that's what they are told in their mosques you know i mean like you can imagine you are a kid and then someone tells you you know these people are bad these people are bad you know they kill i mean like you know b- because the whole complaint is the, the whole complaint is like um, Americans kill their leaders, you know, like Gaddafi, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden, you know, that kind of thing. So so, so the lies that they are told in mosques, it lead, you know, leads them just to fear. And so they, they you know, they, they, they were so nervous. But to their surprise, the American team, the Cross Point ladies, welcomed them, you know, smiled, hugged them, and cooked with them. Amen. So I mean that, that that was such a big thing in the hearts of those Muslim girls. So they were very surprised. They were so happy. And so we had fun. The Americans cooked for us. We cooked the like, Ugandan dish. We sat ate, we sang, we danced and you know, so so when, when I was taking these girls back to school, they turned to me and they were like, What of the lies have we always had in mosques? Amen if those ladies are really Americans, then, uh, then Americans are good, you know? And so, so, so we started out that relationship. So whenever the Crosspoint team comes down in Uganda, we always do our cookouts with the Muslim girls. And so finally, uh, so what goes on now, if we take this group for the cookout, the next time the team comes, I get different faces. Yeah. So, so, th- so, these girls have, have, have gone around and they've told out the story in the whole school. So, the last conversation I had with them after the cookout, they were like, Do you think you can uh, approach the director and ask him, we want to come to church? Yeah, yeah. and so, so what I'm scheming now, I want to approach him and ask him if the girls can now come to church. But it all began with a Crosspoint team. Man, man. Yeah, so I really want to thank you so much. Uh, like I said, parents, you know, pastors, you know, for letting the teams always come down. We are so blessed.
0: Amen. Yeah. praise God, Alan. Praise God. <laughs> hey, if if you were one of the young ladies from Crosspoint that was involved in that, just are you are you guys here? I see Brooke and Francis, uh, Lauren Bandy. Who else is here? <laughs> so you four ladies, stand up. And so imagine this, if you're a little Muslim kid growing up in Kampala, and you think your picture of an American is a Navy SEAL, <laughs> and these are the <laughs> Americans that you meet, that love Jesus. <laughs> Paradigm shifted. So praise God. Well, well done. Well done, ladies. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, P- Pastor Raphael, tell us briefly, I want to make sure folks hmm. understand, when he says the King Fayad school, that's a Muslim school, yeah. and tell us a little bit about like the 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 mosque there in the middle of Kampala and Gaddafi, his investment in Kampala and and the 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 tactics of the uh, the Arab Muslims as they come and want to kind of seize the hearts and minds of a culture in Uganda, how they do it, how King Fayyad just dumps money into a place like that that lures it. Tell us a little bit more about the the strategy that you're up against.
1: now what? someone like from here needs to understand is that this vision, because the Muslim vision is that wherever we have gone, we have to take over a whole people group. And this vision started with a man called Idi Amin. Mm. In the 70s, actually before I was even born, he signed a deal with the Arab world that Uganda was one of the countries that had to practice Sharia law. Like the whole country had to be Islamized. Part of his presidency, he got this prime piece of property where you and me have stood on that hill. It's the heart of Kampala. Old Kampala, the most beautiful piece of property in Uganda. He said, let's build an empire that has uh, education attachment to it, business uh, attachment to it, and political influence. Then we'll have taken over the whole country. Idi Amin died before that vision came to pass. But when Gaddafi came to power and got the money, he resurrected that same vision. King Fahad, out of Saudi Arabia, when he realized what Gaddafi was doing, he sent money and said, we have to supplement that and we need to do it, do it real quickly. Their strategy is like a three or four dimension. Number one, they will come into impoverished communities like Busega. The number one thing they will do, they will begin with humanitarian good works. They will establish education empires, like that King Foundation in Sega. I've shown it to you. The huge complex, bigger than, uh, you know, imagine something bigger than this cross-point building, I don't know how many times, they have about 5,000 kids there. The last time, the team that came, I was showing them, they are electing another complex that I think is going to give opportunity to about 2,000 kids. They come to impoverished communities because those are communities that have broken people. They are very, very wounded. And then they will equip them, just like we equip people here with scriptures, with the truth of love. Jesus loves you. Jesus is love. He has called us to love, to demonstrate his love. They will equip these people like what Mama Allen is saying with the teachings of Allah, teachings of head. And uh, that's how these kids, uh, who seemingly have been given education, men, like you imagine that warehouse they're building in Mbsega, it's going to give employment to about f- maybe 5,000, 2,000 men to be working there. But these men w- will be infiltrated with the message of hate. This thing has nothing to do with the Uganda, but this thing has to do with the entire spread of Islam across the globe. A kid that's been equipped in Uganda can be, just like I was trained and equipped in the scriptures in Uganda, and now I can spread the gospel anywhere in the world, those kids can do anything, terrorize anybody, if the church does not intervene quickly and redeem them with a the message of love. Pastor Brian.
3: Yeah.
0: So do pray for that work. We've toured that community several times and just picture in this very poor community, the Muslim money comes in and I mean, there's, it's like picture, picture Brookstone School, just a beautiful facility like that, just in the middle of this poor community, and how, how, how much of a draw that is to these people to send their children to this school, and so, yeah. Let's take maybe one or two questions from the floor, just folks that maybe want to, and then we're going to pray for the Kajubis. Anybody have a question that they might have about their life or ministry? Yes, Devon. Come on down here, or
4: Rob. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Boop, boop. Um, hi. So my college roommates were from Africa, and then being African, throughout four years, they always brought the other African exchange students into our room, at like all times of the night, and they would talk politics, like African politics in particular, and they were all Christians and i noticed just as i was growing in my faith that their their christianity was very politicized and secularized for instance if we had a conversation about sin they always brought it to like african corruption do you see that as an issue and is that common just within africa i know africa has lots of corruption lots of bad politics lots of different sects of Christianity religions in general
0: like America does (laughs) yeah Um,
4: but I just felt that they were more passionate about just politics and how Christianity played a part in it rather than Mm. how their political views were shaped by they allowed their politics to shape their view of Christianity like their personal Christianity rather than their Christianity sort of shape a world view.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And there was a recent change in, mm. in, in the politics in Uganda, right?
1: Presidential, yeah. Uh, he refused to go. Mm. Yeah, he refused to go. But you see, that's why uh, finding a healthy church like this one here becomes very, very important that if you see, it's not that Christianity is not in Uganda. It's, it's been there before I was born. But I don't know whether you have, I think you have it here also in the United States. Many people, Christianity is something they do. Maybe on Sunday I'll go and take my name. Did Pastor Brad, did you see me come to church? Please, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask how many have been converted, deeply laid down their life to. For their political views to be shaped by God's side against either sin, God's side against uh, uh, culture, God's side against uh, many different things. That's what you see. That's why you see something like Islam is prospering in Africa. I am persuaded if, uh, like what I was talking about here, if our mindset is shaped by the truth of the gospel, Islam is not a threat to us. Um, gay, gay issues is, are not a threat, provided as a church all of us get to a place where we take God's stand against sin. But what we see, I, maybe in, in America it is not here, but what we see quite often, many people take either culture or political side even against God. And we suffer from the same thing from Uganda. Amen, amen.
0: Well, let's do this. The hour's a little late and I know it's a school night. I'm gonna ask um, each of you, Mama Alan, to give us something, a way that we can pray for you as a family or the girls or the church, whatever. I'm gonna ask you one thing we can pray for and then Raphael, if you could, one way we can pray for each of you. I wanna give you an opportunity to say that. Then I want somebody to, we're gonna have just two folks pray for that. As they're thinking of that and as we're getting ready to pray uh this is our second to last midweek fellowship next week remember we did a series on the five solas, and then we had the opportunity to have raphael come and so um he's here tonight next week uh we're going to do our last midweek fellowship for this semester and springer is going to teach a message on how refer- the reformation and reform theology has fueled missions throughout the centuries and that'll be our final midweek fellowship We'll have more opportunities to fellowship with the Kajubis. They they'll be with us Sunday morning. Pastor Raphael will be preaching, and then Sunday evening is going to be a really special time—a missions night. The Kajubis and the Orliches and the Cars, the uh, two so two uh, missionary couples from Cross Point and our, our our dear friends from Uganda will be here Sunday night, and we'll have an opportunity to ask questions and pray for these three couples and kind of hear about a day in the life of these. Folks from Crosspoint serving abroad and and this dear family serving abroad. So, um, Alan, tell us how we can pray right now uh, for your work, your family, the work in Uganda. How can we pray for you all? Uh,
2: the number one prayer request is, um, like we are sharing, we, you know, we need the grace, we need wisdom, we need knowledge. Um, like we are talking about Islam, it's, it's you know, it's, you know, you, you know, we need wisdom on how to penetrate, you know, the community and on how to love, you know, to love. I mean, most most of our people have terrible backgrounds, you know, they need to be loved and you need to be patient with them. And so so if you can pray for wisdom, knowledge, and the grace on how to learn more strategies of reaching Amen. out.
0: Amen. Yeah. I never do this, but Sharon Long, it just hit me. I think you'd be a wonderful person to pray for that because you are a wonderful sharer of the faith i'm putting you on the spot and i have great confidence in you because i know that you're up to the task but i would love for you in just a moment to pray for that but Rafael, I, I, and everybody else is nervous like oh my gosh she's about to call on me um Raphael, how can we pray or what, what can we pray for what comes to your mind i,
1: I, I think i would not defer so much from Mama Allen. Mm. that work um, that I believe God has started. Mm. There's a good foundation the last eight years mm. that has been laid. Um, <clears throat> my humble prayer would be, specifically for Crosspoint Church, mm. would be that uh, it, it doesn't feel like, oh, the Kajubis came. It was a wonderful evening. We, we, we prayed with them. But together we can uh, come alongside each other and... Uh, not just a one day, two day, or two years. Mm. I imagine like that work that is going on, the work that is going on in Besega cannot be accomplished by one church or one man. Mm. But that we can together, for example, since God has brought us those pastors, we will equip those pastors. Mm. God has brought for us those deaf children that we will, I keep using this word even uh, when I'm talking to my friends from Life, Lifeline, that will not do a project, mm. but will equip ministers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, resources, every time I come here I'm like I, I, I don't want to covet but at the same time I don't want to compromise. Does that make mm-hmm. sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. Amen. I'm
1: like um, the American church and uh, like Crosspoint Church and King Jesus Church these two relationships can effectively be a great answer. We may not compete, we, won't, we can't compete with King Fahad when it comes to money, but what we have is more than money.
2: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also pray, if we are praying for King Jesus Church for you and Pastor Springer. I know even as we were talking yesterday about lifeline, many people can get excited here and say, even me, I want to go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm praying that we, the right bullets mm will be shoot. Mm. Now that we've built a foundation, let's get the work done. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
0: Amen. Is Josh Hutchinson in here? (laughs) Josh, I'm going to call on you too. I'm doing this right. Now everybody's like, um, I know you know this work and have been there, so would you pray for this? And so Sharon, uh, please lead us in praying for Alan's request, and then Josh, pray for what Pastor Raphael asked for.
5: Father, I just thank you for who you are, and Father, you've laid the foundation for faith in Christ, and you've done all the work that's necessary. And I just thank you for that, and I just um, pray that you would just give um, Pastor Raphael and Mama Allen just all the wisdom that they might know how to pursue people that belong to you already, God, and I just pray that you um, would show them the way, as you've already done in so many different ways, and God, I just pray that you would open the hearts of people in their community to the knowledge of Christ, and that you would bring your people to you, and I just thank you for their hearts, and just their desire to share the true gospel with with that community there. And I just pray that you would open even more doors to, that they might penetrate um, the Muslim community there, God, and that you would bring many to know you. Mm -hmm. Just thank you so much for your word and the truth of your word and how hearing the gospel, God, just... Opens our hearts to faith and trust in Jesus, and just um, pray for this this dear family, God, that you would protect them and and just help them in the work, God, mm-hmm. as they desire to just to bring about uh, your kingdom there. Mm-hmm. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen.
0: Amen.
3: Josh, Father in heaven, it uh, it seems like. It's every day that you blow my mind with how huge you are and the work that you do across the globe with uh, redeemed sinners and the way that you partner different churches together on different continents. It amazes me, and I just lift up the relationship that Crosspoint has with King Jesus and that King Jesus has with Crosspoint. I lift up the body of Cross Point, pray that you would keep us faithful as a partner, as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that we would faithfully give uh, and trust in what you are to do with uh, what we give. And I should pray for wisdom and, and discernment on the side of King Jesus Church and the Busega School for the Deaf and Blind. Uh, how to use the money, Lord. We, we lift it all up to you to exalt your son and uh, the work that you are doing in, in Busega, even going there to experience uh, just what is happening with uh, this false God that is being worshiped uh, nearly everywhere now across the globe, um, and, and, and hearing from Pastor Raphael as, as uh, we hear about what King Fahad. Has done to uh, the community of Busega. And, and those of us who believe the gospel to be the one way um, to you, Father, it, it should be infuriating. And I, I pray that you, uh, you just convict our hearts to help the ministry of King Jesus Church. And Lord, if it means that you uh, raise up young men in this church to go over there long term to assist uh, King Jesus. And Pastor Raphael, I pray that you do that in your, in your providence. Um, Father, use us at Cross Point for the furtherance of your gospel through Pastor Raphael, Mama Allen, King Jesus Church, Busega School for the Deaf and Blind. And I just pray that all glory goes to you and you alone, Amen. and that Jesus would be exalted through this partnership. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, let's show our appreciation to the Kajubis for sharing with us tonight. (laughs) Thank you, guys.